the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. I want my share of love, and might as well be known, but I think enough, one girl to love alone, that ain't the way it's gonna be, I'm on my own and I am free, and I've been satisfied. Welcome back to the big broadcast, this is the Thursday evening edition of the Dave Conlon Show. I'm your guest host, Dr. Scott Robertson, and we're grateful to have you here this hour, we have Dr. Steve Goodman, San Luis Obispo primary care physician for well over 30 years. Dr. Goodman, welcome aboard. Thanks, Scott. We're, I'm really happy to be here tonight. Yeah, we're, we're glad to have you here. You know, we, we spent the first couple hours, we had Chef Michael Stevens in from Palo Mesa Pizza. You had a, you had a slice of his award-winning it's pizza. It's great. I'm going to have to look that up. That okay. was uh, from Chicago. You know, we appreciate good pizza, so that's good pizza. Right, can you good. prescribe that to me so I can give that to my wife and say, don't worry, doctor <laughs> says it's okay for me to have this. I have prescribed some odd things, so I probably could. Awesome. You know, it's everything's in moderation, Craig. And, you know, I didn't I didn't bring this up during during the time that the chef was here with us. But, you know, pizza is a let's let's just call it a calorie dense food. You know, there's there's a lot of calories in a slice of pizza, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be unhealthy. It's just about how much you eat. So, you know, having a slice, maybe two, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's okay. Eating a it's whole, like jogging. Only two slices, that's as good as yeah. uh, jogging. E- eating a whole large, <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably less okay. So, uh, so it's about it's about moderation. So, like smoking three cigars a day is okay, but you don't want to do six. Well, maybe like three uh, cigars a year. <laughs> three cigars a year probably, you know, probably won't hurt you. Although, you know, tobacco is a whole another another set of circumstances. Um, in the four o'clock hour, we had Kitty Bailey and uh, Eric Stein from PCPA and promoting uh, Henry V, which starts in a couple weeks at uh, the Marion Theater in Santa Maria. And joining us now is Dr. Steve Goodman. Uh, Dr. Goodman, you know, we've known each other for a long time. You've been in San Luis Obispo now how long? I, uh, my wife and I moved here in 1988. So by my math, that's a long time. I, um, I'm originally from Chicago, and I grew up in Chicago to a, a very middle-class um, Jewish family. Um, and uh, from an early age... You either had a choice to be a doctor or a lawyer, and since I was the oldest, I took a doctor, and and my brother became a lawyer. My sister, who is the youngest, um, was a nutritionist and married a doctor. So um, it was just sort of the thing that you did. Um, There was a high high emphasis on education, um, and really from... The earliest I can remember, that's what I wanted to be was a was a doctor. Was what, always a goal. What, what, what did your mom and dad do? My dad was uh, an accountant, um, and he kind of worked himself up from being a bookkeeper to being a comptroller for a, a national uh, lumber company. Um, 
And, um, you know, my parents uh, instilled in me that you, if you wanted something, work, work hard for it. Um, you know, they, if we wanted something in life, they said, well, go work for it. Go find a way to get it. Um, things really weren't given to us. We, we earned them. And I, you know, and I, I've always appreciated that. I've, I've always looked at myself as a hard worker and, and, um, tried to lead by example. I, um, I, I did go to, uh, I, I left Chicago for a brief period of time after high school, just wanted a break, and I and I uh, moved to New Orleans and went to Tulane. And, um, you know, people always assume that if you went to Tulane that you partied all the time and you were uh, downtown. And for me, it was nothing like that. I really was focused on, on my studies and getting good grades. And... Um, I was fortunate. I was a good student. I was able to. Um, so, so why do you choose Tulane? Tell me. Tell me about that choice. Well, it's really a. Uh, it's kind of a funny story. Um, so one of my. I still am very fortunate. I am very very close friends with three of my high school buddies, and one of my high school buddies, um, who um, uh, he his brother was um, at Tulane. And I really didn't know where I wanted to go after high school. And um, he said, well, let's go visit my brother at Tulane. Um, and, a road and, trip to New Orleans. We, we had says a road no tri- to that? We, we had a road trip to New Orleans. And, and I honestly don't remember much about the trip um, for a variety of reasons. But um, we went down there. We had a great time. And, and it was just assumed that my friend uh, Mitch was going to go to Tulane. So when it came time to decide where I was going to go to school. I, I, I was fortunate. I, I got into every place that I um, applied to, but I chose to go to Tulane. And so I called Mitch up and I said, um, Mitch, um, you know, have you picked a dorm yet? Let's try and maybe we can be roommates. And he said, oh, I, I changed my mind. I'm going to Claremont College. Um, so I had already committed and decided to go down there and, and um um, didn't really know anybody going down there, but it was uh, it was it was great. I mean, New Orleans is a is a great city. I didn't really get to enjoy it until my really my adult life later on. But um, I, I had a great education there. But after four years in New Orleans, I decided that was enough. Um, it's it is um, it's a great city, but really living there all year round was a little bit rough. And so I I came back to Chicago. I actually. Got into medical school a year early, and and came back to Chicago and um, went uh, to medical school in Chicago. I um, lived in an, in an Italian neighborhood um, close to Cook County, and I, I was at U of I uh, medical school. And I, you know, people always say, "How did you decide to to move to the West Coast?" Well, I I remember exactly when it happened. I was. On my surgical rotation at Cook County Hospital, and we had to be at rounds at about 5.30 in the morning. And we had a full week where it was 60 below zero with the wind chill. No cars would start. And I was about three miles from the hospital, so I had to get up um, an hour and a half before um, to, to get there. And I remember saying, 
I am going to get out of Dodge when I could. Um, and I did. <laughs> the the, the uh, three-mile uh, uh, commute in 60-degree below zero weather was not uh, was not keeping you in the Windy City? No. When I, you know what? Um, and I realized as, as a physician, you know, we can really go anywhere we want to go in the world to, 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 to practice. And I... So after um, medical, well, 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 let me back up here. So, so when you start medical school back in Chicago, mm-hmm. did did you have a plan in terms of what you were going to do when you when you finished? Because so so many of the of the physicians that I went to medical school with, they knew on day one, I'm here to be uh, a neurosurgeon or a a, a a cardiovascular surgeon or an internist. You know, I didn't. I had no idea. No one in my family mm-hmm. had worked in healthcare. I I was like a deer in the headlights and just trying to survive uh, for a couple of years to try to figure things out. When you started medical school, did you, did you have a plan and knew where the journey was going to end for you? Well, I would say that my parents had a plan for me, but it wasn't what I ended up with. We had a very, very close family friend who had a very thriving ophthalmology practice, and that was sort of the plan was for me to go into ophthalmology and end up back in Chicago. I um, spent two weeks on a rotation in, in it just wasn't for me. I, I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't focus on the few things that they were doing all day long. It just seemed like it wasn't broad enough. I did a rotation in um, in the ER and fell in love with it. And, and that was really before there were e- ER residencies. And um, but I really love the ER, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go into family medicine, and I'll have a broad education. I I can do ER if I want to, and I'll have something else to fall back on if that doesn't turn out. You're listening to News Talk 920 KBC. I'm Dr. Scott Robertson. Joining me is Dr. Steve Goodman, San Luis Obispo primary care physician for over 30 years here in our community, telling us a little bit about his personal journey, and we will expand on that when we come back from the break. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show on News Talk 920 KBC 96.5 FM. back. This is the big broadcast, News Talk 920 KBC, the Dave Congolin Show, Thursday edition. I'm your guest host, Dr. Scott Robertson. We're joined by Dr. Steve Goodman. Coming up at the end of the hour, we're going to be doing a little bit of giveaway with the world's dumbest game show. That's Guess the Organ. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't played Guess the Organ, you're, you're in for a really dumb treat. It's it's incredibly. If stupid. you win, you get a free prostate exam. <laughs> Not from me, <laughs> Craig. Is, are you offering to do prostate exams? I didn't say exams? from who. So funny story about prostate exams. I the other. This is a true story. I think so, all stories are funny about prostate exams. So a, uh, a week ago, one of my patients came in, and I finished my complete exam, and I said, uh, "Okay, it's time for your prostate." And he and he looked at me, and he said, "Doc, how many of these have you done?" And I, I said, well, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really keep track. But I went home and I started thinking about, okay, how many exams do I do a day? How many, how many uh, working days in a year? How many years have I worked? And it's, it, I've done over twenty thousand, and that's a lot of. Well, I won't say it. Um, um, yeah, that's a lot. It's not that's the part of the job you look forward to every day. You don't wake up, drink your coffee, and go, hmm, I get to do it. 20,000 exams. No, I, yeah, I, it's not circled on my calendar, yeah. so it's... Uh, 
So, Dr. Goodman, we're going to transition from prostate exams uh, to you deciding to come out to California. So, so you finish medical school, you make a decision to go into primary care and in family medicine. Then what happens next? Well, that was a, it was another a, kind of an, a good story. I, I decided, unbeknownst to my parents, that I was not going to apply to any Midwestern programs for my residency. And, in fact, all the programs I applied to were on the West Coast. Um, the furthest uh, east was Denver. Everything else was Oregon or California, primarily California. And I. And what drove that decision? Uh, well, uh, being 60 below zero with uh, okay. the wind chill in Chicago. So, so you were tired of the winter weather. I was tired of the winter weather. The wind. I was tired of the wind. I, And, and to be honest with you, I, I, I love Chicago. It's a great big city. There's a lot of culture there. There's, a, there's just a lot to love about the city. I hated the weather. I hated the traffic. And the weather is, hasn't gotten any better, and the traffic is still terrible. So I wanted to go to a place. Um, I wanted to come to California and, and uh, you know, satisfy those two things. Um, for my residency, I, I went to um, – I, I ended up going to San Bernardino County Hospital, which – and I chose that because at, at the time that the family medicine residency ran the entire hospital. There were no other residents that were in the hospital. So you got to do real, really a lot of everything. And um, – I, I remember I, and I remember uh, choosing there, and then when I drove out from Chicago, uh, dragging all my things in a U-Haul, um, I came up over the the pass there, and I said to myself, I must have picked the wrong place because the beautiful mountains were no longer there because it was it was the summer and the smog was there. You couldn't see anything. Right. But I, I spent um, I spent three and a half years in San Bernardino, um, and uh, loved residency. I mean, it was it was hard work, but I just really loved it. But I really wasn't quite sure where I wanted to be, and I I knew by that time it wasn't San Bernardino. Um, most of the residents that I was uh, um, that I went through my program with were all going to work for Kaiser, and I just didn't see myself as a Kaiser doc. So I took a, a, a far left turn, and I moved to Guam. Um, two of the passions in my life were uh, were fishing and traveling, and um, I thought it was a good place to travel and certainly to fish. I wanted to become a scuba diver. I got certified for scuba diving and moved out to Guam um, to work for what was a an earlier competitor of Kaiser was FHP Family Health Plan. They had a a, a branch in Guam, so I took a job sight unseen, um, moved out there. Were you married at this point? Uh, no, and I that was another um, you know sort of an adventure. Um, but I moved out there. I bought a boat my third day on the island. Um, it, after residency, it was really uh, an easy job. I worked four and a half days a week, um, no call. Um, and I had lots of time to fish and scuba dive. As luck would have it, I met my wife there, who was from Nevada and had been there for actually five years before I was. I like to say she was waiting for me, but really she had a very successful business there. Um, we met. We started uh, um, fishing together, diving together, traveling together, and then what when, kind of what kind of business did she have? 
Um, Lee is, uh, God, she's the really the most brilliant woman that I know. Very, very, very bright. And she figured out, she had a, a fire and safety business. And she was uh, able to have exclusive contracts with the hotels that were being built in Guam by the, largely the Japanese that she would import all their fire and safety equipment, all their sprinkler systems, everything they needed. So she would go to them and show them a catalog and order it from the states, mark it up 10%, and then just deliver it to them. They had to install it. She just was a middleman, but it was a great, great job, just a fabulous job. And um, and actually, you know, when, when I, Lee and I had gone, we had been together for about six months, and it was, God, it was just a spectacular six months, and I asked her to marry me, and she said no, and I said, I, I thought she was kidding, I really, I, I, I said, come on, uh, I mean, are you happy? And she said, oh gosh, I'm really... Did you guys talk about this beforehand? You know, usually, you know, couples will say, hey, you well, know, you're, 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 you're I, someone I want to spend the rest of my life with, and so, uh, so, that, so to avoid these types of surprises, Dr. Goodman. Well, we kind of had talked about it, but never in, the, like, the finality of marriage, and so... When I finally drilled down with her, I said, um, "Okay, now let's negotiate here. What's 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 the what's the deal?" And she said, "I love you. This is fantastic. We have a great life, but I don't really want to be married to a doctor." And and I said, "Now come on. I mean, no, women just, always say that." Yeah. <laughs> so so and and I I said, "Why? Tell me why." And she said, "Well, you know, we're like we're in Guam, and and this is kind of like a." It's like a, a camp. I mean, you know, we're, we you go to work, but we, you know, we we go fishing, we go diving, we go traveling. When when you have a practice, you are going to be married to your practice. And she said, I, that's I'm not. I don't really want that. And I said, Okay, tell me, tell me what it will take for me to close this deal. I'm a, I'm a closer, right? So, so she said, Well, here's my here's my my deal. Here's my my what I want from you. I want to go on vacation every six weeks. I thought about it. I said, okay, is there anything else? She said, no, everything else is perfect. She said, but I want to go on vacation every six weeks. And I said, so let me get it straight. If I commit to going on vacation every six weeks, you will marry me. And she said, absolutely, yes. I said, okay, let's shake on it. We shook on it. To this day, we have never gone more than six weeks without taking off some time. Early in my career, it was um, it was maybe just a long weekend. We go up to Cambria or we go down to Santa Barbara, just spend a couple days. But every six weeks, we took time. Um, when the kids were born, we did the same thing. And to this day, I make sure that that I take time for myself. Now, you know, I'm obviously fast forward all these years. Um, we've had kids. Um, you know, we had great times with the kids when they were growing up. We have great memories of vacations with the kids. Um, we still take off time for ourselves. And you know, now as an older physician, you know, technically past retirement age, 
um, taking the time off helps to refresh me and to come back in with a renewed passion every time I come back from vacation. Well, that's great advice, Dr. Goodman. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about the state of primary care here in San Luis Obispo County and what has changed for you over the last 30 years. I can talk a little bit about what's changed for me over the last 20 years um, because it's not better today for primary care than what it was a couple decades ago. This is News Talk 920 KVEC. Welcome back to the Dave Congleton Show. This is Dr. Scott Robertson, News Talk 920 KBC, FM 96.5. We're joined by Dr. Steve Goodman. Dr. Goodman, what year did you land in San Luis Obispo? I came in 1988. Um, my wife and I, uh, she was my fiance at the time, uh, drove up and down the coast and we came to San Luis Obispo and we both looked at each other and said, this is the place. And so... I came and um, I didn't really, I didn't have a job, but we decided that we were going to live here. So um, we actually went out house hunting and put down a, a down payment on a house um, for $202,000. Um, um, I remember exactly. The house it, was 202000 the, two, the house was 202000 so A little bit cheaper in 1988. Yeah, a little bit cheaper. Okay. Um, and so my wife said, well, or my fiance because said. Because the two hundred, that's not even going to get you a down payment in some no, houses. No, today. not at all. Yeah, all right. So uh, Lee said to me, okay, now go find a job. And I, I had, through some connections, got an interview with the San Luis Medical Clinic, which was the big uh, sort of BMOT clinic that was here back in the days. And I went to the clinic, went to the interview, and I, I just didn't, it just didn't seem that it was going to be right for me. And um, I went back to the hotel we were staying in, and and that's when, long before the internet, um, I was looking in a in a family practice journal, and and there was a a uh, looking for a doctor section in there, and there was somebody in San Luis Obispo who was looking for a doctor, um, and I called him up. Um, it was Dr. Ralph Kettlecamp. Um, I joined. I called Ralph and I met him for lunch. And he, in his office, he had a picture on the wall of him holding a fish. And I thought, okay, I can, I can, I can do this. And so I, I uh, agreed to join Ralph. I came out here. Uh, we moved out here in September. I began in October. Um, and uh, Ralph uh, worked with me for a week and then went on a two-week vacation. Um, um, so I, it was either, you know, sink or swim and I, and I swam, um, and, uh, and, and I was working harder than I really ever had, but I loved it. I mean, it was very exciting back in those days. Um, it was full spectrum, uh, primary care. We, um, I was doing surgical assisting. We, Ralph and I would do. 20 or 30 or assist in 20 or 30 C-sections a month. We And so this is back in the day where if, if you're a primary care doctor and your patient had 
um, had to have their gallbladder taken out. You went with them to the yeah. hospital and scrubbed in on their gallbladder case with Absolutely. the general surgeon. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that was that was that was just the way that it was. Um, you know, it was full spectrum, and there were there was a lot that I loved about it. The continuity was great, um, but you know, the it, it's very interesting. I I remember early on um, to to get a practice. I actually would go down every Thursday, set up a booth at Farmer's Market, um, check blood pressures, and hand out my business card because um, it wasn't like today that that you you know that there uh, you just put your name up and you've got a full practice. It was you had to. It was competitive and, and yeah. When I when I came to town, I and this is this is fifteen years after you. I I had to get my wife and I. Um, we would get a sandwich signs out, and we would put balloons on the sandwich signs, and we would give away flu vaccines. I could, you know, you could buy flu vaccines pretty cheap, and we would give you a free flu vaccine, so I could, so I could hand you my card, and hopefully you would, you would come back as a, as a patient and let you know that I was here. So it's, it's yeah. a completely different world, um, even from, from, from the time that I started 21 years ago. That sounds so odd. Like doctors trying to hustle to get business. Yeah, you know, you're you're out there well, at, at the at the fair at doing something yeah. just to try to get people to come into your office. Yes, it, it was it was different, and and a lot of it was um, the the role of a primary care. I mean, a primary care physician that was not a medical term that was that didn't exist. It, um, Is there an equivalency today? Well, today I mean, I mean, back then, what was there? What was it called? Well, general a, doctor, a, a general doctor, but but you know, there many people access just accessed a specialist directly back in those days. Specialists were happy to have people walk in the door. You needed a cardiologist; they would walk in and then see them. It, it was different. It was just a different medical climate. Family medicine always appealed to me because it, I really embraced taking care of the whole family. And back in those days, we did pediatrics, so we took care of babies. We would be there for the deliveries. We, if you went in the hospital, we would be there, and and things were just different. And and you know, I I people say, well, do you miss the, the you know the the good old days? And I and I I really don't embrace that. I mean, change is bound to happen. Um, whenever we've had changes in medicine, I've tried to um, stay with it or stay ahead of it. Um, but we have a, you know, we have a situation now in San Luis Obispo where um, I have never seen the state of primary care be in such dire straits. We, we, um, those of us that are here. Um, we're doing our best to serve our population. And I really look at my role. I, I have a mission here to serve the people of San Luis Obispo. It's one of the reasons I like the organization that Scott and I are working in is that we can take whoever comes through the door. Um, I like to say I take care of some very influential people. I take care of a lot of deans at Cal Poly, and I take care of people that live in their cars, and it all feels good. And it, it feels great as a physician to be able to do that. But, but we we have a, a a situation now where there just are not enough of us um i hired my first um nurse practitioner in 1992 um and it was really sort of to help me grow the business because I was getting busy enough and and um, I couldn't see everybody and so I didn't want to lose any business so I hired a nurse practitioner. Um, we, we now have um, 
um, APPs, we call them now, advanced practice providers, APPs and PAs, that are really, without them, we could not provide primary care in San Luis Obispo. They are an integral part of what we do. And, and the care that they provide is excellent, but we still, everything still comes back to who is the primary care physician. And um, we are, we really are in, in I would say, dire straits is in trying to bolster the ranks for primary care in San Luis Obispo. Yeah. Well, I had another. I had one more question, which is for both you guys: uh, Is medicine, with not the technology, but is the business of medicine better today than it was twenty years, thirty years ago? I, you know, I would say the, you know, the the business of medicine is far more complicated today than it ever has been, and that's really what's driven the the largest volume of change within primary care. Um, for our for our new employees every other week, I give I give a talk about why we're here. Why does a company like like Dignity Health have to have a medical group that employs almost 180 physicians on the Central Coast? And so the reason is is because of economics of what's changed over the last 20 years. If you were in private practice in 2000 and continued in private practice today in 2020, your operating cost to operate your practice would have gone up anywhere from 100 to 150 percent. Um, and so dramatic increases in the operating cost. But when you look at what what Medicare allows for physicians to bill for the services over that same 20 year time frame, uh, it's only up around 12 percent. And so your costs have gone up 150 percent, but your revenues only gone up 12 percent for the same volume. And so what do you do? Well, you have to see a lot more patients. And gone are the days where you can get in your car and go to the hospital and scrub into the appendectomy or the gallbladder surgery or the C-section because you've got to be in your office cranking through as many patients as possible to make sure that your staff gets paid, to make sure that you can uh, afford the health care premiums for your staff benefits your rent, your malpractice insurance, and then be able to take home enough money that you can afford to live here because there's a wage for primary care doctors. And that wage really isn't that different here um, than what it is in Omaha, Nebraska. And so you'll make the same amount of money here as in the Midwest, but the cost of living is way cheaper. And as physicians come out of training and come out of medical school, um, they are saddled with tremendous financial burdens in the debt that they've incurred because college has gotten so expensive. And so they are well-tuned into trying to go to a place where they can afford to practice medicine at the highest rate possible with the lowest cost structure possible because they have all these other debts uh, that they have to pay in order to make ends meet. Is that how you're, is that how you're seeing it on your side? Oh, I do. I mean, I and I, I feel for um, the uh, residents that are coming out and we... One of my jobs in our organization is to help um, uh, spearhead recruitment for primary care into the organization. So I talk with all the residents, and I, you know, I, I try and and find the ones that I think that are going to fit in well in our area. But a common theme is the debt that they come out of both college, uh, medical school, and residency with, and and it and it really is upwards of a, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And so to come to our area with that kind of debt, and then, um, you know, we are fixed in what we can offer to physicians. Yeah, you're not going to make more money here as a primary care doctor than you will make 
in Flagstaff or in Louisville, Kentucky, no. or in, in Des Moines. And so a broken, arm, a broken arm pays the same wherever you're at. It pays large, roughly the same wherever you're at. So this is an excellent conversation, and um, it is more difficult today than it ever has been, particularly for primary care physicians uh, here on the Central Coast. Uh, coming back after the break, we'll continue the conversation, do a little bit of a giveaway. This is the Dave Congleton Show on News Talk 920 KBC FM 96.5. Welcome back to the big broadcast. I'm Dr. Scott Robertson filling in for Dave Congleton. You're listening to News Talk 920 KBC 90. Let's see what's it is 96.5. I want to say 95.6, but it's 96.5, right, Craig? Yeah, there's a there's a massive there's uh, a billboard massive right billboard here in the here. room. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate that. We're talking about primary care in San Luis Obispo County. It's um, it's access to primary care is about as bad as it ever has been. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons for that, but I can tell you, there are organizations here locally, um, hospital based companies, uh, other nonprofit companies that are that are, that are doing everything within their power to recruit uh, primary care physicians, uh, to recruit advanced practice providers, and these are nurse practitioners and physician assistants, uh, into our community because, because the need is so much. Um, other, other businesses like um, uh, there, there are schools that have been set up locally to train uh, physician assistants here locally uh, to help provide additional uh, uh, primary care services. And we even have a residency program for family medicine at Marion Regional Medical Center that was set up about eight years ago uh, to train young physicians with the hopes uh, that after their training they would, uh, they would stay here and practice medicine. Dr. Goodman, what, what, what do you see as uh, um, you know, additional possible solutions for this? Well, Scott, I, you know, I, I think, first of all, um, San Luis Obispo uh, and the surrounding area sells itself. You know, it's, it sounds dire, but um, much the same reason that I came here um, in 1988 was because of location, location, location. Uh, it's really very difficult to find a better place in the world to practice than here. Um, um, our organization is... Um, and, and many organizations were trying to find ways to uh, help young physicians with loan repayment. Um, we're doing our best to find the right physicians for the right spot. Not all physicians are going to do well in this area. Um, it's, you know, San Luis Obispo, I love it because it's not um, Los Angeles and it's not San Francisco and it's not Chicago. I love it for what it is. But if you want a big city, this is not the place for you. Um, I, I, um, I, you know, if I had my, my guess of, of what we could do, um, I think it's the debt that the physicians come out of their uh, medical school and residency trainings, and that debt uh, saddles them, and, and, and paying off that debt um, certainly um, keeps them from buying homes and things like that. Um, well, we will certainly do everything we can, and we're very grateful for you staying past retirement so that you can continue to care for as many patients as possible. And for that, uh, uh, we, we thank you very much, Dr. Goodman. Scott, I want to just say it's a privilege. Um, you know, doing what I do is an honor to do it, and I feel very lucky to have found a profession that gives me as such 
as much joy and as personal satisfaction as it is. And so um, my my original retirement, um, my wife and I, again, in one story, our, the original retirement was 60. Um, I got to 60 and, and I decided I had um, unfinished business. So I, we kept, we said, okay, maybe 65. And I got to 65 and, and um, realized that I still am very passionate about what I do every day and the organization that I work with and that um, I'm 67, but I don't really have a retirement date in sight until you put me out to passion. Uh, well, we'll keep you We'll keep you for as long as you want to be here, Dr. Goodman. We appreciate it. We're going to change gears here a little bit. Craig, are you ready to man the phone lines? Oh, yeah. They're, we're gonna they're on fire. We're, we're going to stick with health care, but now we're going to play a little bit of Guess the Organ. I brought some swag bags with me. And the way Guess the Organ works here, and we got, what, about five or six minutes left in, uh, in the yeah. show? So maybe a couple rounds of this. I'm going to write the name of a human body organ on a piece of paper. You need to call in 543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. You get to ask me one question. And then you get to guess the organ. And if you guess correctly, you win a swag bag. So an example could be you call in and say, does this organ pump blood? And I would say, yes. And you would guess the heart, and then you would win. And so that's one example of how this works. It's the world's dumbest game show. So I have written <laughs> I have written an organ down. Craig Hill, I want you to see. I've written an organ down. All right. Dr. Goodman, I've written this organ down. Don't uh, you got to keep it to yourself. We need some participants if you want to win some swag 543-8830-1-800-549-5832. We're playing guess the organ here on News Talk 920 KVC. We'll see if we have anybody who uh who wants to call in and be a part of the world's dumbest game show. Craig, are they lighting up like on fire over there? I think there's so many people trying to call that it's blocking. It's blocking <laughs> the phone line. My goodness, you know that's my that's goodness. What's you know, I could offer. I could also offer them some room temperature now. Palo Mesa Pizza, award winning. Well, that, Mesa Pizza. That'll get them in. But. Uh, that, that'll get them in. We're playing some Guess the Organ, 543-8830-1-800-549-5832. You, too, can be the champion of the world's dumbest radio call-in game show, guessing the organ that I have on this piece of paper All right, for here a chance we go. at a swag bag. All right, let's start it off. You're on the air. What's your name? Did I win? <laughs> what, what's your name, sir? Tony. Tony. All right, Tony, here's how this game works. I have written a human body organ on a piece of paper. Craig and Dr. Goodman have seen this. You get to guess the organ, but before you do, you get to ask me one yes or no question. So do you have a, um, have a question about the organ that could possibly give you a hint as to what I've written down? Do I control it, or does it control me? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, it, it, it works on its own. You don't have to think about this organ. It does its job without any input from you. Okay. All right, so now you get to guess. It works on its own. I'm going to say my heart. Your heart. That's a great guess, but that unfortunately is incorrect. We appreciate you calling in, Tony. All right, we got another caller. All right, next up, Craig. Who do we got? All right, what's your name? Heimer. Heimer? Yeah. All right, well, welcome. Thanks for calling in. So, so you get to ask me a question. We had one guess. That is the heart. That was incorrect. 
What is your yes or no question that you'd like to have for a clue? Does this organ detoxify toxins like alcohol? Uh, this organ does um, it does help um, uh, equilibrium of certain uh, uh, substances in your blood, but it does not um, it does not metabolize alcohol. So I will I will expand on the yes or no, and now you get a chance to to guess. Anytime, Heimer. Is, is this? A kidney? Yeah, this is Imer. Yeah, you're guessing the kidney? Yes. Craig, what have I written down here? You've written kidney. Oh, Heimer, you you oh. have you have won the world's dumbest game show. <laughs> oh my god. Have, have you ever won anything cool. before? Not on the radio. All right. Well, you know, I got a slice of cold pizza for you. <laughs> you want to have some cold uh, pizza? You I'm gonna... know what? You know, cold pizza from Palo is pretty good. It's not bad. I agree with you. So, so we got a swag bag. Craig's going to take your I'm gonna name. I'm going to take him off air, but I have to take it over here, and that's about the only t- amount of time we're going to have for a game. That's fine. So we got one winner. Uh, that's about as much, I think, of dumbness we can have on this game show <laughs> for this evening. So Craig's going to take take the caller off the air. Any parting words, Dr. Goodman? No, Scott. It's been a been a pleasure to spend the hour with you, and um, I'm I'm again. I want to um, to the city of San Luis Obispo. I'm I'm proud to uh, serve. I'm proud to be here. Um, every day is a blessing um, to everybody out there. Tell the people you love that you love them. Don't wait until it's too late. Give people hugs. Um, and um, continue to do your best to stay healthy. Yeah, I think that's great advice, Dr. Goodman. I want to take a second to thank our guests today. We had Chef Michael Stevens from Palo Mesa Pizza. Uh, they have five locations, uh, one in San Luis Obispo, uh, two in Arroyo Grande, one on the uh, Napomo Mesa, and one in Santa Maria, and they will be opening their second San Luis Obispo location uh, here in the coming months. Uh, give, them a, a, give them a visit. They're pizza is absolutely fabulous and all their ingredients are handmade. Also want to thank Eric Stein and Kitty Bailey from Pacific Conservatory of Performing Arts, PCPA in Santa Maria. Be sure to pick up your tickets to see Henry V, or they call it Henry V, Craig. Yeah, That's I, the hip way of calling it. I don't it. like when you hip it up. It's it's Shakespeare. You know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna they should just call it like H5. Well, it, That'd it's be like just, super hip. It just reminds me of a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, alright. Yeah. Henry Henry V. Henry V, Shakespeare, a star in a couple weeks. You can visit them online to get your tickets, pcpa.org. And then for the last hour, we've been joined by Dr. Steve Goodman, San Luis Obispo primary care physician for the last 35-plus uh, years, uh, talking about his life experience, what got him. The most interesting thing we've learned from Dr. Goodman is that he had to negotiate with his wife to say yes during their proposal. And I tell you, if you're, if you're a single woman listening to this show, make sure you negotiate the vacation every six weeks <laughs> that worked for Lee Goodman they're still happily married how many years um th- I better get it right oh, 30, 34 oh. 34 years and, and 32 of them yeah. are pretty good thank uh, you guys um, we appreciate you listening to us tonight hopefully I'll be back uh, sometime soon this is the Dave Congleton show on KBEC radio 
The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Wazy. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.